listen, I, I am, I am, I, I, how many guys, I, the, the, the new motto around church this, this year is follow the nudge. How many of you guys feel God nudging you down the path a little bit? How many of you guys have felt, felt the, the, the cold nose of the Holy Spirit get behind you? I have this German shepherd at my house. Her name's Gigi. And if she thinks I need to do something, I get this cold nose right about right here because she's about that tall. Like this. And at times, I feel her like, come on, give me a pet. Please, would you please do that? Come on, would you please, you know, show me some affection? Come on, please, would you come get me some food? Go, come on, please. And I feel that nudge. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, for a lot of us, the Holy Spirit of God has been going like this with his nose and nudging us and nudging us to get on down the path. And, and once it, once it's, he, he wants a deeper relationship with us more than we want it. And the question is, am I going to follow the nudge? Am I going to do the things that are necessary? I just had uh, talked to a couple people before service about th- th- their week this week because they've chosen to take time away from what's normal. They fasted in some capacity or another. We've not been stringent, making everybody do the same thing. You know, you know, you and the Holy Spirit know what you need to do to make space for God in your life. I think what's been difficult for me this week, and I'm a very active guy, and I have music playing all the time, and I'm a talk radio dude, and I like news talk and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you know what? But hard for me is to not turn that stuff on. I have felt like God told me this, you know, and even if I'm praying, I will, I will put on headphones or I'll turn on a radio, and I'll go, I'll go over in the old sanctuary, I'll go over there and pray over the youth building and turn on, turn on my iPad and just, and just let it rip. But in the morning, the Holy Word said, Aaron, I don't want you to do anything. I want you to get up an hour early. I want you to sit and be still and just listen to see if I'll say anything to you. Dude, that's a challenge. For a guy like me, that is beyond challenge. My wife accused me of sleeping one morning. I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just up. Are you out here sleeping? Nope. Nope, wasn't sleeping. What are you doing? I'm just, I'm just here. Because God told me to sit and be still. That's a fast for me. That's been tough. Every morning I get up and I'm, I just, I get up and I get in a position where I can just wait for God to say something. Just, 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 just say something. Just, just speak to me. That's hard. You know, we we, we got to determine whether we're going to follow that nudge or not. Sometimes that nudge comes through a song. Sometimes that nudge comes through a, a, something we'll read. Sometimes it comes through a conversation. Sometimes it comes through a sermon. God forbid. God would actually speak to you in church. Sometimes it comes through a passage or a piece of scripture. Sometimes it comes through a time of prayer. Sometimes it comes from a news blip that you hear. Something just gets your goat. You know what I mean? Something's not right about that. You know what? We are all being called by God. God's calling us all to do something and stretch our tents a little bit, stretch our reach a little bit. We can't stretch our tents or our reach a little bit unless we don't let God stretch us a little bit. If we don't let him stretch us, he won't, we won't ever stretch any further than we are. And, and some of you are asking me, do I have to do this fast thing? No, you don't have to do anything. But you look at it the wrong way if you, have, you think you have to do it. You get to do it. You get to draw close to God. You get to have an opportunity for, him to stop, for you to stop long enough and let him speak to you. To turn off the radio, turn off the TV, turn off the food. We're doing a Daniel fast. My wife told me by Wednesday, said, you're already losing weight. I can tell by the way your pants are fitting. And everything's getting kind of saggy down there. I feel like I ought to be someplace else, maybe walking with a little strut or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's been difficult, but it's been good. We, we, we've taken more time, and, we, and it's not that we don't take time as a family to do things like this. We've taken more time as a family this week 
to do some spiritually significant stuff, and our little boys are getting in on it. We'll gather around the table. We'll take that top 40 book. Let me make something clear. There's a book out there, 40 days, a 40-day prayer devotional called 40 Days to Pray for My Top 10 Most Wanted. Let me, listen, let me encourage you. Grab that book. It costs you $5. It'll take you not through just through the 21 days that we're in right now. It'll take you on beyond that to keep this thing going. But it's purposeful prayer for people who are lost. And what we do every night at our table is we take that book, we walk through the devotion together as a family, and then we'll say, who are we going to pray for off of our list? We put a list, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a list in the front of the book that has your top 10 and extra lines. We fill them up, all in but one. And we, we fill them up and we say, who's going to pray now? And the boys can hardly wait. By the end of the week, they're like, can I pray tonight? Who are you going to pray? Who haven't we prayed for yet? And, they'll, and we'll tell them some name on the list, and they'll be, Jesus, we prayed for so-and-so, that they'll come to know. And I've got little, this little fellow who can't get, be quiet during church. <laughs> he, he, he's like, I want to pray. And he prays prayers that, that people will come to know Jesus. I'm not even sure he's got a grip about that, but I'm going to start him off on the right track. Are you hearing me? It's been revolutionary. You get to do that. It's not hard. Just take time. Maybe some of you have resisted it. You've either, is this, some of you have resisted it not in practice, but in attitude. All right. I guess it's right. Some of you guys, if my wife wants me to. She's going to be cooking that nasty stuff anyway. I might as well. My, my, my oldest son, Caleb, he's down here. He... He's told us he's fasting all kinds of stuff this week. But the problem with him is it's all the stuff he doesn't like anyway. And I'm going to fast that this week. He's already got a grip on it. You know what I mean? I'm like, Caleb, that's not really a fast, brother. If you already don't like it, that doesn't quite work. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I'm not going to quite do it. And so either in practice or in attitude, in emotional state, we've... we've, we've we, 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 we've resisted in some capacity. Listen, don't resist anymore. God's calling you to a deeper place. God's calling me to a deeper place. God intends for, for, for our lives to be light in dark places. And he wants to implant and impart and, and give to us things that we can only get if we take time to be close to him. Listen, he loves you. He loves every one of you sitting in this room right now. And I'm glad you all chose to not come to 9 o'clock service and come to 11 o'clock service because we were having 9 o'clock anyway. But we're probably ahead of the ball game, according to the list I saw at WKKJ for all the churches that weren't having service today or some kind of abbreviated portion of service or whatever. You know what? I just determined we're going to do what we got to do. I thought the parking lot was in decent enough shape. We had to put some, some, some elbow grease into it this morning. Thank all you gentlemen who were out there with snovels and scrapers and stuff trying to get some things in order. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> spreading salt and stuff like that. Thanks to... Uh, Timber Ridge and those guys spreading their salt junk everywhere early this morning and all that. Um, we, we could have church, and I'm glad we did. But we got to listen to God. We got to make space. And we're talking about a guy this morning. God's calling our hearts. And so if you if you look in the scripture with me, to uh, look at Psalm 27 first. Man, this is a piece of scripture I love. And then, turn, then put a finger in and come to come to. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 1. David felt this nudge, and I love the way this is written. I've been thinking about this all week. I, I haven't stopped. It's, David finds the heart of God's calling to him. Psalm 27, 8. My heart, you hear what he said? My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. I pray you guys have heard that in your heart. 
God is saying right now to the people of Church Triumphant, in fact, we're a part of the awakening thing. This ain't just about Church Triumphant. If you go to awake21.org, there are churches literally all over America and parts of the world who are participating at the same time we're participating in a 21-day fast. There's great power available in that. And you can go morning, noon, and night, and let's do a new preacher, put a piece of video on there, encourage you to, to fast and pray. So some of you have internet technology, just make use of that. There's still, unless we've given them all out again this morning, there's still devotional packets and uh, free, like, awakening fast materials to help you know how to cook, what kind of thing you got to put together for if you're doing Daniel fast, that kind of thing. It's, it's, a, it's a blue cover. It says awakening on it. Grab that before you leave. If you, can't, if you, if you don't get one and you've got internet access, you can download that from awake21.org. And you don't even have to... I don't print out paper or anything like that. It says, and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. God is looking for people who hear that beckon, hear that call, who are tired of everyday normal status quo, Christianity, whatever, nominal stuff, and wants to hear his heart and wants to respond and say, Lord, I'm coming. I am coming. I am coming. I'm coming. I can't wait. I haven't been able to, even in the mornings I could have stayed in a little bit later, I, couldn't, I haven't been able to sleep all week, have I? I get up, I mean, I'm talking like 5 o'clock every morning, whether I want to or not, my eyes go ping. And I, I'm, I just can't only really wait to go sit and be still, which is weird. About 15 minutes later, I'm like, man, this is a little bit tough. Is that really a fast? Well, you know what? We may talk next week about what, a, what, what God likes out of a fast, and it doesn't look like necessarily always taking stuff away it looks like doing stuff that make a significant difference in the lives of people so we'll talk about that maybe next week but this week we're, we're, you know the lord's saying I he wants to hear voices he wants to hear hearts go i'm coming lord i hear you beckoning i hear you calling i'm coming and so david has that heart and we want to replicate that and it's amazing to me as you read the scriptures there's guys and gals in the bible who who respond differently than we do to stuff there's a guy in the Nehemiah, actually the book's named after him, a guy named Nehemiah in the scripture, who doesn't respond like I would normally naturally respond to a bad situation in his life. Let's look at Nehemiah's nudge in, in chapter 1. He says, the end of verse 1 says, I was at the fortress of Susa, the main capital of the, the empire he was living under, with King um, Artaxerxes. He says, Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked him about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. So we hear reports all the time about things are going in our culture around in our families, around in our, in our, in our, in our, in our homes or at our jobs. And, and, and we, can, we, we can respond in a couple different ways if we want to. We can get angry. We can throw stuff. We can go talk to the so-and-so that's got the problem or whatever. We can go and we can, we can get petitions signed and do all sorts of stuff. But that is not the way Nehemiah chooses to deal with stuff. There's this, there's this information. He gets a real perspective. An interaction occurs between Nehemiah and these, and these many, many people believe that Hanani was actually Nehemiah's brother. They were blood. And so he came home to visit, and he's got, you know, what's going on, man? What's shaking? And Nehemiah was just about his everyday business. He had no intention of his life pivoting at this moment. 
He had a good job. He had a good. He was in. He was in with the king. Sort of. You'll read here in a little bit. He things were going good with with, with, with Nehemiah. He had no idea as he involved, and, and, and starts down the road of this conversation. His life's going to go boom and just turn. Zip. And all of a sudden, he gets the real idea about something that's really going on, and suddenly his life will never be the same. You can choose to keep looking at things the way, that, the, way, the way you think they are, or you can ask for God's perspective about how they really are. You can keep just flowing through life. There used, to be, there used to be a song that Petra used to sing. Yes, I said that word. Some of you guys are like, dude, that is so old school. And some of you are going, dude, who's Petra? Petra used to sing a song back in the 70s and 80s or something that said, talked about rose-colored stained-glass windows. We have a perspective about how things are supposed to be because of our Christian faith that isn't necessarily real. And so we, we, we can do that. We can just keep playing the church game. We can keep doing the stuff the way we've always been doing it. And we can keep acting like the world's okay. And I can just keep doing things the way I've always done them. And it's going to be okay. Or we can ask God, God, no, really, God, what is, it, what is really going on? What is going on spiritually? What is going on nationally? What's going on in my community? What's going on in my family? What's going on in my church? What's going on? And we, oh, we can get real with him and ask for a real perspective. Or we can just keep playing games. I think Nehemiah asked because he's genuinely concerned. He has no idea what the information he's about to receive is going to do to him. And he gets some real information about it, and it begins to change it. Hanani, which is very funny. You know what this is? This moment in time for Nehemiah, although he doesn't realize at this moment, it's about to change his life. This is God working for him and in him and with him and through him. Because the name Hanani... One of the renderings of the definition of the name, you know, in the scripture, names are very important. Now, I know most of us would not name our kid Hanani. Maybe especially if he was a boy. But the names in scripture are very specific and they're very intentional. And the word Hanani, the name, one of the renderings of the name is God is gracious. <laughs> Nehemiah doesn't realize it. But as he starts this conversation, the grace of God is being opened up unto him. The grace of Jesus is being extended to him. Some of you have faced difficult times and difficult things getting your way, and you didn't recognize the time, but it was the grace of God that made that opportunity possible. It was the grace of God that created the situation, the circumstance, to let you see things how they really are. You didn't like them. You don't want them. You like things to be a whole lot different. But the grace of God clacked the door open and said, listen, I got better for you. Listen, pay attention. Look what's going on. You got a, you got a part to play. We can make a difference. We can make teenagers. Listen, some of you, God's, there's not many of you. I figured there'd be more here today. But maybe there, I'll talk to you guys right here. Okay, right here. Some of you want... I'm looking at my dudes. These, these guys are my guys. We were in camp together. Stilts and Sky, my two dudes. And we did a cabin together. There's a couple over here. These guys were my cabin a couple years ago, too. Listen to me, teenagers over here, too. You're everywhere. Listen, some of you, stop feeding what you're, stop living on what you're being fed by everybody else around you and lock into what Jesus is saying. And it may be hard for you to stomach some of it, but let the grace of God open your eyes. Let the grace of God do something significant in your life and choose to be different. Choose to be outside what's normal. Choose to be above and beyond what everything else you see. Choose that. Amen. Now you got you service in. Is that good? Okay. <laughs> choose to do something, get yourself dirty, right? Am I, am I right, Chad? Choose it outside the realm of normalcy. It was the grace of God based on both to Nehemiah and the city of Jerusalem at this moment. And Nehemiah feels this nudge. Something begins to, to go on. 
And it's amazing to watch. Here's how he responds. Look at verse 4. When I heard this, I got angry and threw stuff. When I heard this, I marched right into the king's chamber and said, you got to fix this. When I heard this, I got, all, I got so upset that I wrote a last nasty letter to the editor in the paper. When I heard this, I got so upset, I took that manager at Walmart by the ear and said, what are you doing showing this stuff in here in the store? That is not what Nehemiah did. I'm okay with doing those kinds of things. But it's in relationship to priority here, relationship to, 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 to form and fashion, listening to, the, to God in the midst of it. Nehemiah, his first response is, when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. We, today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And we'll have Elizabeth Hope here in a couple weeks to share with you about how you can participate in that. But some of you get upset about things like abortion and stuff and you want to go, you know, petition people. And you know what do you some good? It would really do some good for you to sit before God and just go, God, I don't know how to fix that. And for it to crush you and break your heart. Not just get angry and mad and uptight about it. It would do you some good to, 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 to go, God, how, what, can, what is going on? How is that still going on? And, and really get before God and let him break you about things like that. Some of you should do that with your family. You don't know how to fix things that are wrong with your family. And you want to get a, it would do good for you. God, I am broken. I don't know how to fix this. Some of you would do good to have these kind of conversations with God about your neighbor. Who you've having this feud over the back, the back fence about stuff or whatever. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking that way on purpose. We're not having any feuds <laughs> at the moment. But um, it would do you some good to go, God, why are they so angry? And for you to be touched by their condition, it would do you some good to let the heart of God reach into your heart and make a difference. You see, I do believe what, what, what Larry said. We, we are close to the coming of Christ. And God's looking for people who not only want to do his stuff, but he's looking for people who have his heart, that love the world like he loves the world, who would give his only son. You just heard this little boy say, he wants people who are touched to the, in, the inside of them, are rinsed. Nehemiah's heart begins to churn, and he weeps. He weeps, and he doesn't know what else to do. We've got to be touched at the heart level by the things of God, about the people around us. We have got to get to the point where those things matter more than our schedule, where those things matter more than our, than our, than our, than our checkbook, where these, those, those things matter more than, than, than watching my favorite TV show or getting on Facebook or doing whatever. We've got to be touched to the heart. And his first response after weeping is, Look at these words. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Nehemiah's first response is let God touch his heart. And his next response is, God, I just need to pray and fast about this. We don't usually do that. We, we don't usually stop long enough for God really to do something significant in our lives. We don't usually just stop and say, okay, God, I, I feel inclined to do something, but I want to hear you first. And just to stop, he fasts and he prays. Some of you think like a fast is a hunger strike against God. I don't believe Nehemiah's heart here was like, God, you got to do something now. Like some of your teenagers would walk into your room and say that to you. This is horrible. This We've been eating these black beans at our house this week, things, because it's Daniel fast. 
my, my daughters have fondly referred to them as poopy beans. <laughs> because they look like, and, and one of their impressions, they taste like. I don't think so. I think they taste pretty good, actually. It's like a, this, this, this black bean salsa combination thing. I'm pretty on it, actually. I like it a lot. And, uh, you know, you got, I mean, if our kids walk around, you got to do something about these beans. I'll be like, well, I'm like what? <laughs> I'm not eating nothing else till you do something. I'd be like, I'll have at it. That's all we're having. <laughs> That's what's on the table, little girl. Have at it, you know? And, uh, you know, because we go to God thinking, you're going to do something and you're going to do it now. Nehemiah, I don't believe that was Nehemiah's heart. He is rinsed to the insides. God, what is the solution? God, how do we fix this? God, can you help us know how, how we can operate? What, what is necessary? Can we bring something to fruition that hasn't yet happened yet? God, he's, he's trying to lock into the heart of God. And you know what he does? He goes on and he says, he, he, he prays and he fasts. And he says, here's what fasting and prayer do. It clears clutter so God can be heard. During the next 20, 14 days now, during the next 14 days, clear clutter. Clear it out. If it's Fox News, clear it out. If it's CNN, clear it out. If it's just eating too much, clear it out. If it's, if it's the radio, clear it out. Long enough to hear God. Do I just say just spend like an hour and a half every day, you know, just being silent like, I, like I'm doing at the moment? No. I'm not saying that for you. I'm saying you know what it costs you to get to the place where God can actually speak to you. Most of us are going so fast that we don't even know. I had a conversation with somebody this week. We were talking about that, and they said... Just for me, it's just shutting down my brain. Well, you know what? It's, it's kind of like that for me, too. I'd be lying to you if I said I stayed completely locked in during that time I'm trying to be quiet. That'd be a lie. I'm, I, I, I'm as ADD as the, probably more than the next person. And you want to make room so God can move. That's the point. And so as he responds in this capacity, we turn down to verse 5 and we read a big word right at the beginning. He goes, then... Then, then I said, I, look, I, I use certain translations as I'm studying and stuff, and I, I'll pull up six of them automatically in a, in a scripture. They come up my computer. And three of the six I normally use, three of them use this word at the beginning of the, of, of the past, of, of verse five, then I said. Another one says, and I said, as if there's an addition, like you use and to bring two things together, right? So here's my point. During the time of fasting and prayer, I don't think that's, this is what Nehemiah was necessarily saying. This was at the end of the time of fasting and prayer. Then I said, do you get what I'm saying? Something transpires in Nehemiah's life during the fasting and prayer portion before he utters this prayer we're about to read him, read he, he, he said. Something, something has ha- happened in the meantime that, 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 that's altered his perspective, altered his, 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 his thing. And so the then and he goes, then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who, am, who love him and obey his commandments. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you've given us through your servant Moses. Please remember that you told your servant Moses, if you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the end of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who love us, those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. 
put it in his heart to be kind to me. You know what that means? I think God dropped a plan down inside Nehemiah's heart. The then thing that came was God said, okay, Nehemiah, there's a plan here. There's something to be done. Well, that's going to happen. Let me say something to you guys. We're going to pray concertedly together about people. We put a wall in the cafe. We want you to move the people from your 10 list inside the devotional, the top 10 list inside the devotional, to a public place where when we're in here praying as a staff, when we're having prayer meetings in here on Wednesday nights, when we're, that we can grab names off the list. People who are coming in and out praying can come in here and pray for you that don't even know. We, John Ewan was here Tuesday night for Thursday, Third Tuesday. He prayed for a Jewish guy right there he does not know. Is that right, John? All of us who were here for Third T prayed for somebody we don't know, or, or at least we, it wasn't the name we put on the list. And we, we all took time and purposefully called out in one, one at a time names of people. We don't, we don't know what their situation was. We just know they're lost without God. What we want to do is keep putting that on there. And there's a possibility we're going to put another wall on there, and we're going to move them from the wanted list to the found list. That's my prayer. We're going to have a board in there. These people were on the wanted list. Now they're on the found list. Are you hearing me? But we need them on there. So if you haven't done it yet, before you leave the day, go in there and put your top ten on there. You guys give me a little extra time today? You're only doing one service? Here's what Nehemiah says. He confesses and repents. We can't fix it, God. We can't fix it. It's broken. We have no power in ourselves to get this thing right. We, I have no power to alter the life of my, my unsaved husband. I have no power to, to, to alter the life of my unsaved child. I have no power to, to, to alter the life of my unsaved neighbor. I have no power in my life to, to, to fix my marriage. I have no power in my life to fix my workplace. I have no power to, to do anything. But Lord, we need you. That's what he said. When, he, when he's confessing, he's saying, God, we have blown it. We've made bad mistakes. We have screwed things up. It's bad. But God, we're looking to you to make it better. We're looking to you to fix it. We're looking to you to get things ironed out and situated. Listen, if your life, if you've been a wreck of your life, just like the children of Israel, God can still fix you. They did screw things up bad. And they did pay the consequences, got scattered. But God was faithful to his promises. When he found those whose hearts were turned towards him, he brought them back like he promised that he would. Some of you have made horrible decisions maybe over life. Maybe some of you have been sitting here right now and going, I don't even know if God could ever use me again. Listen, God is not done with you. He's ready to work in your life. He's asking you to recognize that you can't fix it, that you're the one who blew it, and he will come in and you say, God, I need you. He will, he will show up big time. He will show up big time. And I'm not saying the whole journey is going to be easy and, and a cakewalk and all that. There are still some difficult roads to travel, but I want to tell you right now, he's going to walk with you every step of the way. And he, he, he stands there and he he has a commitment. He made a commitment, Nehemiah has. He's, he's asking God to let the king be kind to him. You want to let me know? He's already told God, I'm committed to this thing, God. I need opportunity. I need access. But when the door flings open, Jesus, I'm walking through it. Larry just read one of my favorite pieces of scripture for, for, for the offering. He says, be ready, make the most of every opportunity. You know what this prayer time is for us, this fasting and prayer for 10 people that we wouldn't normally pray for? You know what it is? Listen, it's asking for God to create opportunities for us. Because I don't think we, we ask prayers and don't intend to be a part of the process of answering them. You know, what God's looking for is for your heart to get so caught up with the condition of the people who are around you that you'll be motivated to, get, to, to intervene in their lives. 
And it starts with prayer. And I hope your prayers aren't like, God, please send somebody across their path. I hope some of your prayers are, God, please let me do something that makes a difference in their lives. Show me how I can touch them. Show me how I can reach them. Show me how I can do something that maybe seems really small on the outside, but in the scope of eternity, it'll be a really big thing that makes a lasting difference. And, and Nehemiah's like, God, there's a problem. And I think he went, but if you need me to help, I'll help God. Do, show me what to do. And I think God went, okay, Nehemiah, great. Great. If you read the, the very end of of. Nehemiah doesn't let you know who he really is until you get to the very end of the, ver- end of the, end of the chapter. He goes, he asks for a favor for the king. And some of you are going, dude, yeah, like the king's going to talk to you or whatever. See, God had ordered this guy Nehemiah's steps. Before he puts him in this position, he's already put him in a place where he can ask the right question. Because the last line of, of Nehemiah chapter 1 is this, and I was the king's cupbearer. Okay, so God's put in the heart of a guy who actually has access to the king to do something significant for the kingdom of God. And he's like, so God grant me favor. Most of us couldn't pray that prayer right now. But some of us can pray that prayer about our boss. Some of us can pray that prayer about our kids. Some of us can pray our prayer about our neighbor. The king seems for our faith for some of us. I get that. But if we pray prayers of God, I need favor for, you know, give me an opening to talk to my coworker. That's not hard for us to grab a hold of, is it? Because what all Nehemiah is asking is, God, give me access to my boss. That's what he's asking. Can I, can I just have God, just give me access to my boss. Let him be kind to me. And, he just, and he, just, he just happens to be the king. Just happens to be the king. Is that cool? Give me, you know what? You may not know who the person is on your heart that God's asked you to pray for or pray about. They might go on to do great things in the kingdom of God. And it might be your plate of cookies that makes all the difference in the world. I told you guys a story I read last week with my daughters. I had a guy who did missionary work in, 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 in Iran. And he, he says that, that, that one of the guys he interacted with was a, was a guy named Mullah Abbas. He was a devout Muslim. And he had come to a Christian meeting for the express purpose of refuting the scriptures and for denying that Christ was the, was the Messiah and blah, 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 blah. And Muhammad was the only prophet and all that stuff. And they have this debate. Him and this missionary guy have this debate over, over a period of time. And finally it gets to a point and he, he kind of slams down his hand. He goes, I will not believe in your Bible. I will not believe in your Jesus. Blah, blah, blah. And the guy who was the missionary, Mr. Mr. Mitchell, I believe was his name, he goes, his, his resolve was like Nehemiah's. He just starts to cry. A few years later, the guy who actually wrote the book, who was also a missionary to Iran, runs into Mullah Abbas at a communion service. And they're having this conversation. Well, tell me, how did you come to know Christ? And apparently, the guy who wrote the book knew Mr. Mitchell. He said, you know Mr. Mitchell? He went, yeah, I know Mr. He said... It was his tears that won me. When he became so distraught that I would not give in, I knew it meant something. And I thought, there's got to be something about, because I, he, just, he said, I, you know, he, there was something about that moment where all that Mr. Mitchell had to offer were tears. He didn't have a plate of cookies. He just had tears. And years later, Mullah Abbas is sitting at communion service, worshiping Jesus. So here's what I'm saying. Ask for opportunity. Look, ask God to not just to listen to your prayers. God, 
I want to be a part of the process. I want to do something to make a difference. The plan had been revealed and there was favor needed. That's what the results of, of, of this response were. A commitment was made, a plan was revealed, and favor was needed. Here's the funny part. He said, grant to me this day. So it, it begins to move, and you think, like, by reading the story, that possibly, like, you know, the next day, you know, Nehemiah walks in to the king's court, right? Not a way it went at all. Because if you read Nehemiah 1, verse 1, it says, in the year of Kislev, Right? Does it say that? In the month of Kislev, in the, the, the first year, the first year of the reign of King, depending on the, your translation, Ahasuerus, right? It says, which is the month of November in our calendar. Okay? It's somewhere between October, the middle of October to the middle of November is the year, I believe, is the month of is the month of Kislev in, 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 in the calendar they, they, they observe. In Nehemiah 2.1, it says, early the following spring, in the month of Nisan. Six months. Nehemiah hears this, begins to fast and pray for days, begins to seek the Lord and ask for favor from God six months later. He actually has the, the, the opportunity to, to do what he, what he feels like God's calling him to do. See, some of us, we'll start a service and if God hasn't answered by all, oh, Aaron, it's 12.22 already. Doggone it. I must not get anything from God today because service is over. He's at 12.30, and so we must be done. God's not listening. If by home group tonight, some of you are having connection groups, God hasn't answered. You get already start getting frustrated. And Lord forbid it take till Wednesday. And doggone, if it takes more than a week, he must not really care about my situation. Is that how we act? Is God even listening? Six months, six months, Nehemiah stayed at it. He kept watching and praying and waiting for the moment. And it says here, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? And I was terrified. I replied, long live the king. That's a good thing to say to your boss. How can I not be sad? He explains the story. My ancestors, see where my ancestors is buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. He looks at the next line. The king asks, oh, what, what, what can I, what can I, how can I help? What, what can I do? And what tells, it's funny is, he said, with a prayer of the God, to, a, a, prayer, a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, can you see Nehemiah? I've been waiting for this moment, Lord. Well, how can I help? Here we go, Jesus. Well, now you see, Nehemiah already had the plan. He'd asked for favor. We don't know the plan at this moment. We've not, not described the plan to us in, in the scriptures. He already knew it in his heart before this happened. Well, now you've asked, King Artaxerxes, I have this idea. The walls need to be rebuilt. And if we do this, and we do that, and we do this, and we do that, we do that, check this out. Things could happen. My people will be safe again. How does that sound? Tell them, when will you be back? That's, 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 that's the king's response. When you come, oh, that's fine. He gave him leave, and it, then Nehemiah takes another step, and he goes, how about you give me official papers so I can requisition the artisans and the lumber guys and all that stuff to help me get this thing accomplished? The king's like, yeah, okay. Sure. He signs his little John Hancock on the paperwork. Boom. And Nehemiah takes off. The amazing thing about this is it took six months to get this thing even going. It took 52 days for them to build the walls. 
less than two to actually do the work. It took them six months even for the operator to arise for it to be fixed. It took 52 days to actually do the work. Is that crazy? So the next time you want something big from God, don't get amped up and then come tomorrow. He can probably do it as quick as he wants to. He's waiting for you to get your heart and your stuff in line so he can use you the way he wants to and creating a heart in the life of other people so it can happen quickly. It doesn't take long for God to change your heart. It doesn't take long for him to do something. When the timing's right and things have been set in order, man, it can happen like that. Shabow! Well, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. And this Nehemiah says, favor was finally granted, six months. And Nehemiah, like Larry had no, Larry, have we talked? Just, just want to know. We have not talked, have we? About what I was going to preach on, what you're going to say in the middle part of service, did we? Because you notice the next point on my slide says, make the most of every opportunity. Live as light, be awake. Make the most of every opportunity. I love it when God does that. Make the most of every opportunity. Listen, Nehemiah walks through the door boldly because God cracked it open to him. Listen, this kind of fasting and prayer is not, it's not about us. It's about God and it's about lost people around us. You know what? I, I, I don't, I'm getting to the point where I, I just, I want to see, I want to be about a part of what God's doing. If time is winding up, we don't have much time. Listen. You look at things going around the world, things going around our nation, things going around. Listen, it's time for the people of God to be the people of God and not just be religious people who hide behind walls and hide behind doors and hide inside a sanctuary somewhere. You know, the pastors and I were talking this week. You know the word sanctuary? I didn't know this until one of the other pastors informed me this. You know when we developed the word sanctuary for church church, churches? You know when that began? In the 1940s. I did not know that. You know why they started terminating? Because people were so scared of war and stuff, they felt people needed a safe place to come. And so instead of being people who were about the mission, we became people who went, oh boy, it's a bad world out there. We need a safe place. And we got our whole thing turned around. You think, well, that was some young whippersnapper preacher, wasn't it? No, I'm talking about a guy who just retired from ministry, another guy who's like in his 70s, another guy who's in his 50s. We were all sitting around talking about that. So, a Baptist and an Anglican and a crazy charismatic like me. All that old, all those ages. Around, and a Methodist is actually there too. And I think about, and it's going to be a God guy. And so, we've, we, we've become, we want to make it everything to be nice and secure and to safe. And Jesus says, listen, I'm your safety and I'm your security. You live in me. Go do what I say do and I will take care of you. Now, for some of you, that might mean you might get a quicker passage to heaven. But you'll be safe and secure then, I promise. Are you hearing me? It's tough stuff, ain't it? So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you going to allow God to call you? Are, you? are you listening right now? Some of you have still not jumped down the bandwagon yet and going, you know, this, this fast thing, I don't know if I can do that. And you're making excuses why you can't eat, you know, I can't not eat all day because I've got certain medications I've got to take. I gotta, you know, you can find something. I had somebody tell me this week, they, is it okay to fast and not really take stuff away? Is it okay to add stuff? And I'm like, I'm like, and their heart was to go visit people, taking time to go visit people who maybe weren't going to get visits from other people. I just talked to them for a service. The plan that they had wasn't quite going to work out, so they made a different plan, and they're doing that. Didn't let, didn't let no be the answer. How's that? 
See, I think that's godly. I think making time for God to use us is really what the fast is about anyway. For us to hear him, us to respond to him. Us to, are you going to allow God to do that? Are you going to give him a, get a chance to get a clear perspective? Do you, want, do you want to see things how they really are, or do you want to just keep living like you've been living? You need to make time. People out are lost. I don't know about you. Sometimes I can't hardly stand to walk into big public places. Because I start looking, and it grips me. It grips me bad sometimes. Most, if not all of the people standing around me right any one time at Walmart, if Jesus says, hey, it's time, they're not ready. They just grab us by the heartstrings and almost jerk our heart out of our chest. What can I do? You find your 10 and go ahead and go for it. If you're like us, we got like 14, I think, or 13, something like that. But we're doing it as a family. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Will you remain vigilant? First Peter 5 says these words. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because you have an adversary, the devil, who roams around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. See, I think probably in the six months that this went on, I think Nehemiah had all kinds of chances to, to frustrate and quit and give up. I believe, I believe his enemy was probably coming after him. And, and what happens, you know what you find after the story goes on? The enemy just doesn't stop. There's these guys named Sam Ballot. What's the other guy's name? Tobiah, right? They keep, they keep coming at him and coming at him. Right? At one point, Nehemiah says, me and my guys, my staff, we slept with our clothes on and our swords by our side. Some of them would have a trowel for the, for, the, for the masonry work in one hand and a sword right here waiting for something to happen, but they did not quit. Some of us, we think, man, I got so much going on, I really can't do that, Lord. I mean, I just, you know, jumping into that would be kind of like, eh, you know, I don't. We always, we always come up with excuses why we can't. And God said, I bet you can. Be vigilant. Don't quit and don't stop. Today, I'm going to ask you a question. Patrick, would, would, would you mind coming and just playing for me? First of all, if you don't know Christ, we've got to get that sort of situation sort of turned around. If your life is messed up without Jesus, you need to know him. Say some real quick things. You heard him right here. The wage of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way you, get to, way you get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. No other way. There are no other options. There are no other alternative routes. There are no detours to get you there. There's no, there's no like shortcut passage. There's no like that. It's just Jesus. He is the way. Today, he stands, he, the Bible says in Revelation 3.20, he stands with his arms open. He knocks at your door. He says, if any man lets me in, I'll let him come in. I'll come in to him and I'll eat with him. I'll dine with him. You know what he's saying? I'll be a part of his life. I'll gather at his table. I'll be there when times get tough. I'll be there when things are, don't go just right. I'll be there when things are, are, are messed up. I'll be there when things are good. We'll celebrate and we'll laugh around the table together. So I will be there. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. All of us have fallen way short of the glory of God. He's looking for somebody who goes, you know what? I need, I need some of that repentance stuff. I have screwed it up and I need help. Jesus, please save me. The scriptures say these words. If a man believes in his heart 
and confesses with his mouth that Jesus is the Lord, the same shall be saved. In fact, on a few verses later, it says, all, everybody say all. All who call on the name of the Lord, not a Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been singing about, talking about all morning, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be, the word is, saved. You need saved from something. You're not just out of church. You are lost. You are hurting. Your life is headed for destruction. He's the way through. He's the way out. He's the way to heaven. You believe that he's the Lord, he'll come in. Somebody's in here today and go, you know what, Aaron? I don't know Jesus, but I want to. You mean you're going to ask everybody to stand up? Not right now. You say, everybody's ask everybody to close their eyes? Not right now. And I realize this doesn't, you know, this is just a formality of working through things, but it's a matter of your heart, him calling you. If he is calling, I want to give you a chance to respond to it like Nehemiah did and David did. You say, man, Aaron, I'm not ready for heaven. Like if I walk out here and the eyes get slick and I, I hit something, I want to be, no, I'm ready to go. Anybody, anybody right there go, I'm not ready. Anybody? I didn't figure that too many other than church people would venture out on a level two snow emergency, but I don't take that for granted. Anybody at all? Now here's the next question. God, do I want a real perspective? So you got to be praying, God, let me see the lostness of my top 10 people. Let me see. I want to see, see it for real. I want to see how lost. I want to see how hurt. I want to see how damaged they are. I want to see, see the real deal. God, I don't want to play games anymore. Somebody say, Aaron, I don't have a real perspective. I want a real perspective of what, what's really going on around me. I see one hand. Stand up. If you, you just, if you just raise your hand, just stand up. See, I'm not... God's when people stand up, like Nehemiah stood up, like David stood up. Somebody else say, and I don't, I don't, I don't have a real, man, my, my, my vision is blurred like that thing on that screen. I'm in that revolving door, and the things that are first and most, they're not really that important. I'm, I'm doing all kinds, of, all kinds of stuff, but I feel like I'm not doing, I, I need a real perspective of life. Anybody else? Oh, see, so you guys done chickened out on me. There's some. Because I made people stand up, you chickened out, didn't you? Look, look, just stand up. If you just, don't, don't even raise your hand, just stand up. And I'm not doing this to put pressure on you, but see, sometimes we think that, that we're the only person. We're the only one who's, who, who, who don't feel like we, we got it all together. But there's more of us. So you need to say, Aaron, I've, I've made commitments like this before. I'm going to see something through, and I've not been vigilant. God, I, and I want to be vigilant on this one. Somebody like that. Say, pray for my vigilance. God, I want to be vigilant. I want to see this through. I want to see my top 10 come into the kingdom. I want, to, I want to not give up when it gets hard. I want to not quit. I don't want to give in. I don't want to, I, 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 want, I, want to, I want to see it all the way to the end of the road. Look around. How many of you guys say, I've quit before, but when it, when it got hard? Raise your hand right now, even if you stood up. Like, I quit. I don't want to quit anymore. Look, 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 look. Keep your hand up real high. Look. How many of us have quit? I've quit before. I have. I stopped when it got hard. I gave up when I should have kept going. I don't know whose lives that affected, and it bothers me even to think about it. I quit. Hmm. So we're all in this boat together. I'm not even, I'm not further down the road than you are. We're walking in a journey. Mary, come on. We're walking. This, you were standing at my wife's with a little boy, so I was here. We're going to walk this thing out together because God wants us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, bigger than our church, bigger than the problems that we face, and we will walk this thing out together. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Lord.
listen, listen, listen. I don't know what Patrick's playing, but throw your hands up towards heaven. Maybe we'll sing a song together, close this thing out. I'm two minutes earlier than last week. Lord, I come. Yes, Jesus. Lord, I confess. Yes, Lord. Bowing here. Yes, Jesus. I find my rest. Yes, Lord. And without you. Yes, Jesus. I fall apart. Yes. <laughs> You're the words on the screen. Make this your confession like, you're, like you are Nehemiah. And, and, and make it for real. I mean, make it come from your very guts. I pray some of you drive past the neighbor's house today and you are, you are so emotional you can't stand it. Can I say something? See this family sitting here? And they're not perfect. But I know, oh, I know a few months, a few years ago, as many as Oh boy, what year is this? 2012? Yeah. <laughs> About 1998, I drove into my driveway. I asked God to give me somebody I could reach for the gospel. And I thought I was encompassed by a bunch of Christian people. I worked at a Christian bookstore for years prior to that. I worked here, I worked here at the church at the time, and there was like everybody was Christian around me. And I pull on my I pull on my road, and God says, Aaron, make every interaction with your neighbor a significant one. Even if you never say anything about me in the, uh, every conversation. And I, I, I will tell you the honest truth. The minute I hear those words, I turn onto my road. My road's a third, my driveway's a third driveway down the road. I turn left into my road and guess, God showed me his face when he uttered those words. And guess who's standing up my driveway in the middle of my driveway because his dog ran away. That was in, that was in 1998 because my daughter was born. That's how I know, remember that time. And Jim and his family went through some really difficult times. Ugly, messy, it was awful. You know what I love about this? Is they're not perfect yet. James is here, Sherry's here. You know what? They're sitting in the front view of a church. That makes my heart leap. God's doing a work in Sherry's life. God's doing a work in James's life. James trying to go do tornado relief with the rest of us. Isn't that crazy? I'm telling you, if you ask God to use you, he will. And your heart should be that prayer. All of us should have Jim Davises and Sherry Davises and James Davis. And I've not done everything I could possibly do for them. I'd be lying if I said I did. But God took my meager offering and he did something with it. And I wasn't the only one praying. And I wasn't the only one asking God to do something. But he showed up big time. He's not done yet, is he, Sherry? Huh? He's not done. So let's, let's, let's pray this prayer one more time, this song, this prayer. The cafe will be open. You kids go see Chad and Amy. Go get some coffee, some of you older folks. Go get something to eat. 
let's, let's sing this one more time with our hands stretched out like Nehemiah and go, God. I confess. Yes, Lord. Bowing here, I find my rest. And without you, yes, I fall apart. Yes, Jesus. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Listen, that's where it's at, man. Childlike faith, man. Man, is somebody lost? Let's do something about it. Let's pray. 
Jesus, fill us with your love. Fill us with your spirit, God. Fill us with your truth, God. We, we want to not just come to a church service. We don't want to just go to church, Jesus. We want to be the church. And so, God, as you've heard these prayers and these cries, God, you know the list. God, you know, God, the people. You know the things. We've got a bad perspective, God. I pray, Jesus, that today our eyes and our ears will be so tuned in. Our heart will be so tuned in to what you want and what you desire and what you require, Father, that, Lord Jesus, we would follow you. God, I read those words we just read. We just sang, God, and holiness is Christ in me. God, it's not about how I dress. God, it's not about how I, 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 I do certain things that people think are kind of outside the door. God, holiness is being set apart for a purpose. God, let me walk in the purpose that Christ lives in me and intends to extend himself through me. Let me live in that holiness, God, that my life should look different. It should sound different. It should be a light in a dark place. God, I pray, Jesus, that, you're holy, that we would truly be that holy people of God, that you have us and we have you, and we intend to give you to other people. Lord, I, I pray for that. Let this fast, God, do, you, do its work, God, in us, but also, God, let it do its work through us, Jesus. God, I praise you and I bless you. Holy Spirit of God, empower your people. Give us eyes that we can see. Give us ears that we can hear. Give us hearts that we can receive, Lord Jesus, all that you want. Lord, we trust you, and we bless you, and we honor you, God, for that. Listen, the service does not end now. The service begins the second your toes hit the pavement outside. Service begins the moment you decide to go be what Jesus wants you to be. That's when it starts. This is just the, the, this is just the, the, the game room. This is just the, 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 the film time. This is just the pep rally to get you ready to go do what you was really called to do. And that's go be a light in the world. Huh. This is what it's all about, people. This is where it goes. Make sure you put your post-it note.